students for a better Love future. Radio. Yes, we are students for a better future, and tonight we are whole. Both co-hosts are in attendance. Ruben Torres, <laughs> back from his trip in continental Europe. I'm Mark Falzon. I refer to myself as Dr. Mark, your political optometrist, helping you see things clearly. Uh, we have no guests today except for Ruben himself because I wanted to ask him about what he encountered in continental Europe. Now, before we went on the air, Ruben and I were discussing how today many of the media outlets are starting to discuss Venezuela. Now, if you're a regular listener here, you know we've been bringing that up for months as the perfect example of what happens when socialism slash Marxism gets imposed on a populace. Now, Ruben, what was that you were telling me about people you ran into in Europe on Venezuela? Yeah, I ran into a, a couple that um, have, have moved. They moved from, from Venezuela to Holland. So they got and the hell out of there, right? They they did. I mean, I mean the the the, the individuals that that are you know poor are not going to be able to leave. These were upper middle class individuals. Uh, one, the husband was an engineer for the state-run oil company, and the wife was a banker. So, you know, these are individuals that could afford to, to leave, and they left. So they went to Holland, and they've been there now six months. And they were telling me that, that, the, that at night they could not leave. Once it turned 6 o'clock in the evening, and they lived in the nice areas, uh, they, they would not leave. They would not go out. They would, they would be basically trapped in their own home. That's how bad it was. Trapped by who? They were trapped. They were, and... they were like they were in prison because they couldn't leave after after it got after six o'clock in the evening. It turned. It, it got dark. It became, you know, a very violent city. I mean, where you could not be out there because they would women would get raped, or 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 you would get beat up, or you would get killed. Oh, she. So it's even worse than they're saying. So students again. Right. Go ahead. Yeah. So you know what they were recounting was that the situation, what the press is telling you, is it's it's not even not even ten percent of what is actually happening in 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 in, in Venezuela. Especially how bad it is. Cities. How bad it is. Yeah. Like in the big cities like Caracas. Caracas, which is capital. It's, it, right. You cannot. You cannot leave unless you're part of the gangs, and and it, you know you're, you're not going to be safe. So they basically would go to work, and then they would come back before six o'clock. Oh they, they wow! Could, they couldn't not, even work late, which they they couldn't even work late, which seems to be no, uh, no. Uh, right uh, a trait occupying the globe. Oh wow! That that that's sad. Now, again, folks, I want to remind you, not less than 20 years ago, Venezuela was one of the pearls of the Western Hemisphere and South America. Venezuela has more oil reserves than Saudi Arabia. So how did a wealthy, 
prosperous nation with a burgeoning middle class find themselves at this juncture where you can't even walk out the door. Babies are dying in hospitals because they don't even have enough electricity to power the hospitals. And apparently, uh, all hospitals I know have backup systems. They either have no fuel or their backup systems aren't functioning. Babies and people are dying in hospitals. Uh, they have a shortage of everything. I, I saw a clip on TV, Ruben. It looked like a food truck. Well, I, I don't want to say the truck was hijacked. It looked like it had to pull off the road, and people were swarming it. And you know what I noticed? Most people were just big grabbing one bag of food or whatever was on that truck. It looked like rice or wheat or something. It looked like 25-pound bags. People were grabbing one bag and running. Now, mm-hmm. that tells me the, these people aren't looting to sell things on the black market. They're grabbing a bag of something to bring some damn food home. Now, Ruben, excuse me a second, but how did they get there? They got there because the ill-educated asses voted in whatever, Chavez. Right. Voted in Chavez uh, because guess what? Socialism is not the last stop on that train. I don't care if your name is Chavez. I don't care if your name is Bernie Sanders. Sanders, the next, they got one more stop on that train, outright Marxism. And look what it has done to Venezuela. Middle class, non-existent. People who were below the poverty line or at the poverty line, literally starving, forced to go out and rob and loot and kill just to feed yep. themselves and their family. So please, students, you got to get off this 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 suicidal romance with socialism because you're not being told the real story about it. Anyway, enough of that. Anyway, you went to Holland and Switzerland. Let me ask you, did you have the opportunity, Ruben, to butt out your stick out your chest and pound it and explain to these people how glorious Donald Trump is? Well, <laughs> you know, I'm saying that audience because Rube is a cruise fan. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I had a stop in I had a stop in London uh, for six hours uh, on my connecting flight to go to um, to Basel, Switzerland, which is basically very interesting. Basel is located right next to two. They they, uh, they border. The city borders two other countries. It borders the French border and the German border. So you got the Swiss border, the French, and the Germans. So when you come out of the airport, it has three different uh, routes that you can go. You can go the German way, the French way, or the Swiss way. Wow. You know, i got to tell you, I've known a handful of Swiss people, and I don't know if this is indicative of them, but all the Swiss people I've known have been multilingual, you know, obviously because of the geographic location in Central Europe. But I have a lot of respect for the Swiss. Um, so after you made your selection to go where you wanted to go, were you able to encounter any locals or other travelers and have any political discussions about what's going on here, sir? Well, 
Well, let me retract. Uh, when I when I was in London, I, I at the airport, I, got, I was able to, you know, have my conversation. I was reading the, the Daily Mirror and the Guardian, which are the the major newspapers in in, in England. Uh, and one of the topics was that Donald Trump was it, not even, not Hillary Clinton, not Bernie Sanders, but on the front page of the of the Daily Mirror and the, and the Guardian was Donald Trump because. This, this, this whole dispute about that uh, Cameron had invited uh, Donald Trump, or Donald Trump was saying that yeah, he invited me, and and and, and the people from Downing, 10 Downing Street, where uh, Cameron resides, they're saying, well, we're going to invite him, but we had we have not invited him. So this that was that was the major conversation in London, in England, during the time that I was there. Yeah, well, let me ask you. London just elected, and it was, it's the first major European capital to elect yeah. a Muslim mayor. Uh, that, didn't yeah. that transpire while you were running through there? That, that, was, uh, that was news, but the, the biggest news was Donald Trump and the ongoing, uh, yes, he invited me, you know, he invited me between him and David Cameron. That was the headline, well, the time that I was in Europe. Hmm. Well, yeah, you mean, know what yeah, Cameron was Trump. trying to do. You know what well, Cameron yeah. was trying to do. <clears throat> well, okay, thanks, I, I, thanks for the silence. You know what Cameron is in trouble because a WikiLeaks type organization released the financial holdings of yeah. oddly no American but many foreign uh, office holders. And Cameron yeah. and his family came out, had extensive financial interests uh, outside of, of Britain. And he was catching a lot of flack for that. So I'm sure he was happy to interject Donald's name just to change the topic. Well, you know, yeah, politics I mean, the, the, over there, the same crap as it is here. Yeah. Well, the, the, the Cameron story about the Panama, the Panama Papers. I, 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 I'm, I'm quite sure you're relating to that, to the Panama Papers, yeah. where a lot of all, all these individuals that came out that have been stashing away money in, in, in Panama. Yes, that that's a big topic in Europe and especially in England, but the main topic, again, while I was there, was the, the ongoing dispute between uh, Donald Trump and David Cameron in regards to, yes, they invited me, no, we're gonna. He is gonna be invited, but we haven't invited him yet. And the Trump camp is saying, yes, they did invite us. So that was the, that was the young guy, and I found that really amusing because that was the focus and the biggest news in the UK. <laughs> wow, wow. It, well, yeah. it, it, it's amazing how uh, Donald he's he's setting the tune, not just in America. Not just in North America, but but overseas as well. And uh, well, I'm just glad. I, I know we've had discussions, Ruben, where uh, I was worried that the establishment would abscond with the nomination that Trump had rightly earned. And I believe the terms I was using was uh, we, we, we need an avalanche and a tsunami of groundswell mm-hmm. support, and it's happened. Uh, he's clearly going to make the delegate count of 1237. Uh, it's going to be in his rearview mirror. Uh, the big issue now seems to me 
not what's going on in the Republican Party, but the way the Democrats are ripping at each other. I'm just loving this. If it's not Bernie going after Hillary, it's Bernie going after the DNC chairwoman. Uh, uh, They're having all sorts of problems over there, and uh, deservedly so. Now, Ruben, were you around in 68 for that tumultuous Democrat convention? Because I was 14 years old, and I remember everything that went on there. How how old were you then in 68? I was seven years old. Oh, okay, yes, yeah, so, so you, you you don't recall it. But it, it was massive street demonstrations. And yeah. what it was, the you know, it's always funny, I find, Ruben, the so-called peace wing of the Democratic Party takes to the streets and they're violent lunatics. I just love yeah. what people go, I want peace, I'm supporting peace, let's destroy this building, let's destroy these police cars, let's... Well, let's hurt these innocent bystanders all in the name of peace. Anyway, the Democrats obviously lost, lost that, that election and several after. It, it took the country some time to get over that. So hopefully with luck, the same thing is happening now. And uh, I know June 7th, I've already got five votes for Bernie Sanders here in New Jersey because I, just, I want to see him just sticking his thumb in her eye constantly because it couldn't happen to a nicer lady. Anyway, uh, now, that's so, after you, you, you're let, in let, Europe, let me, let, yeah, let go me, ahead, uh, go uh, ahead. You got the floor. If I, if I may, uh, so Switzerland, basically, it has become a very, very, I mean, they're part of the European Union, but they do not use the euro. So basically, uh, when you go to Switzerland, they use the, the Swiss franc. That's something that, that um, you know, I, I, when I've gone to Europe in the past, it's always been Euros. This time was the Swiss franc. But, you know, um, mm. it was, yeah, it, it was different. Now, you do see uh, it, uh, it, the city of Basel is very multicultural, very multicultural. It's not, I, I expected a city Which that was city, totally Ruben, was that? Could you repeat that? Which city? Basel. Basel is the second largest city in Switzerland after Geneva. Okay. <laughs> and it's basically uh, right, like I said, uh, it, it, it has uh, the German border and the French border. So there, you know, you can you can you can go across into Germany and and France. I didn't get a chance to do that very easily, um, and then come back and work. But I, what st- struck me the most was. I was there, and I was um, I went to see a, a professional football game also, as as well as uh, uh, you know, just basically uh, traveling. And one of the things that caught my attention was the cost of living in Switzerland is very, very high. Um, you know, you can you can have a, a French onion soup, French onion soup that in New York, New Jersey. Can cost you maybe a couple, two, two or three dollars. In Switzerland, in in Basel, Switzerland, it was ten dollars. French onion soup. Wow. Uh, 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 Wait, ten? Now, when when you paid, were you paying with you were paid with Swiss francs? No. Right. I, I, well, Swiss francs were 
ten, which in turn is really like eleven dollars, um, like nine dollars. Okay. Oh, okay. So yeah, you know, I, yeah, I had a son go to school. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but talk about exchange rates. I had a son go to school in Europe in Malta, and the Maltese at that time. I don't know if they're using it now, but they weren't using the euro either. Their currency is called the Maltese lira. And, and you know, the first yeah. thing I think of when I, when I think of lira, I think of the Italian lira, where you need about 100000 yeah. for a dollar. Uh, you know, I'm exaggerating, yeah. but it's substantial. But in the Maltese right. lira was the exact opposite. I had to put up $3 for one Maltese lira, $1 of Maltese oh. lira. So it was three to one. That was something. But $10 for a soup. How about for the main course, Ruben? Well, I had I had uh, uh, French fries. I had French fries, and I had uh, a, a burger. A burger and French fries, which normally maybe in, 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 if you go to McDonald's, maybe five bucks. Yes, five, six bucks. Yeah, but if you go to a nice place, you're still going to spend $15 on a hamburger. But how much did they uh, bang you well, for? Well, I went, I went to a regular, regular rinky-dinky restaurant right in the, in, 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 in the heart of the city. It was $11.50. $11.50 Swiss francs. So I asked wow, the girl. Wow, wow. I asked the girl. So... What what do they pay you here per hour? They get paid about twenty dollars an hour. Wow! Well, that person, just that person, she said, "Listen, uh, you know, we 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 do pay we do pay more. I mean, we get paid more. We do pay more taxes, but but we can go to school for free. Uh, we do if if you if we don't make a certain amount of money, we get subsidies from the government." So basically, they tax you a lot, uh, but according to them, which I still call that socialism, they 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 do help you. Like if you make uh, less than thirty four thousand dollars, thirty four thousand Swiss francs a year, you qualify for um, living. You know, they they, they 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 give you an apartment or a house. Of course. Nice, but do you, do you, what's the population of Switzerland now, though, Ruben? Well, the population of, uh, of well, of Switzerland, I don't have the numbers now, but I know Basel is about less than a million. Less than a million. Uh, it's a small city compared. Uh, Switzerland is not a huge country, so they can they can afford to do that, but you know they they do they do you know the cost of living is high. I mean yeah, I just looked up Ruben. It's in it, it, 2013, it was uh, 8.1 million people. 8.1 I mean, million. We, we have a, several metropolitan areas that exceed that population. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean the the, the city that I was in, it, it, it's the second largest city, but it's still. A small city. I got to see. I got actually. I got to see the the whole city, and I was there for four days, four, four or five days. I was there. Oh and, yeah, uh, you know, I'm 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 looking at a map of Switzerland, and it's funny 
the map I'm looking at, oh, there's Geneva all the way in the corner. But I see Basel all the way up on the border. Uh, and, it yeah. looks, and obviously Zurich and Bern would be larger cities as well. Uh, we can't forget right. them. Right. But uh, Basel, according to uh, what I read, it, 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 and what I, when I spoke to people, it's the second largest city, uh, economic city, in Switzerland. No, oh, really? It's even bigger than uh, Bern and uh, the, the other city I mentioned with Geneva? Yes. No, no. Yeah, because Geneva's Geneva is one. like world famous. You know, all those Geneva's trees. No, yeah, Geneva's number one. Geneva, I didn't get a chance. If, if I would have taken, if I would have been there in a couple more days, I would have been, I would have been, I would have taken the train. The train system there, the regular train system within the city, I have never seen a more punctual train system, even in New York City. And, and clean, um, people are very, very disciplined. Even even the even the, the foreigners that go there, very, very mm-hmm. disciplined. You know, you know, you don't see, you don't hear uh, uh, scandalous uh, people screaming or radio, and, and, and uh, it's, it's a very... And I, like I said, I got a chance to travel throughout the whole city. Not, you know, it's not New York City uh, when it comes to size. But um, mm-hmm. I found it really, really uh, uh, a very, very quiet city. Um, one of the guys was saying that uh, where he lives, and he's a, he's a, he's an engineer. They they basically pass the, their their homes from the father onto the, their kids and the kids onto their uh, grandkids because a regular apartment in the heart of Basel, uh, in the nice area of Basel, is going to be uh, a 1.5 million um, Swiss francs. Right now, you know, wait a second. So I have to ask you, so now an issue in this country, a new issue uh, because of the uh, Marxist apparatchik installed in D.C. is we have this death tax. So they obviously don't have that kind of death tax over there. So maybe they're not as socialist as we think because here in this country, if that situation that you outlined occurred, the sons would probably have to sell the house just to pay the damn taxes. Uh, And what's infuriating about that is all that has been taxed already. Everything's been taxed that came in. This death tax. Now, I don't have a large empire to leave my progeny. So I don't have a personal vested interest in this. But this death tax, to me, is more evidence, students uh, and listeners, of the creeping Marxism that's occurring here in the United States because the one thing the Marxists hate is the bourgeoisie. The one thing the Marxists hate is private ownership. So I think the debt tax is up to 55%. Of course they passed this with their comrades, the Republicans. Again, we just can't blame the Democrats for everything. Because a lot of these right. things passed with Republican cooperation. So uh, it's not just the Democrats, the party of the Marxist crooks, New World Order robber barons, 
It's also the Republicans. You know, I had to point that out because I'm a Democrat. But, I, you know, I wanted to just stop for a second and just tell the listeners, come on, or you can call in. You want to talk to Rugen? You want to talk to me? You want to bring up something else for the listeners? The call in is 646-915-8117. Now, Rugen, you didn't stay in Holland long. You stayed predominantly in Switzerland. I was in Holland for about four, five days. Um, I oh, have okay. Family. All right. So I have. Go ahead. I have. I have family. My uh, my cousin. You know, he she's married to uh, a, a Dutch man, and uh, we. I learned a lot about Holland, and um, it's also again uh, the type of system that. Um, you know they 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 pay very well. If you work at McDonald's, you get paid about twenty twenty two dollars an hour. Um, you know the McDonald's over there are very very fancy compared to the ones over here. Uh, the workers, you know, uh, let's say for example you you have a, a car. Well, car insurance over there is about, and it doesn't matter if it's a new car or an old car. It's about three hundred dollars a month. Well, sure, they don't have the uh, Thieving Trial Lawyers Association that have one of the political parties bought and sold. So, uh, you see, Ruben, we are so much more advanced than the Swiss because we have this Trial Lawyers Association, uh, (laughs) and they don't. I'm sure they're uh, envious. Yes, folks, that's sarcasm for those folks with a double-digit IQ. Anyway, um, let me ask you, does the... Does your cousin's wife run around in wooden shoes? No, no. <laughs> no, 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 they, no they the wooden shoes, from what he told me, they're they're out in the country, uh, in different parts, not in the city. Like he, she's a she's a she's a, a marketing manager over there. She was, you know, she she speaks Dutch. She speaks five languages. Uh, wow. He speaks five. They speak both. Uh, I mean, English perfectly. Um, he's a he, he's a uh, what they call a, a certified financial planner. So they they both live in the heart of Amsterdam. I mean, Amsterdam is very expensive. I mean, it's like living in, uh, in Manhattan. It's it's the heart of uh, of the city. But if you go beyond the outskirts of uh, of Holland of Amsterdam, that's where Basically, most people that cannot afford to live in Aston, that's where they live. But yeah, the highways are really, really, really nice. There's no tolls, and, and there's a reason why. Every month, every every person who lives in Holland has to pay $120 in, in, in highway tax in order to keep the highways nice. So that's the reason there's no tolls. Well, you know, I won't compare that to us because with us here, we get nickel dime so much, you know, for your registration, for your inspection, for your license. Uh, we pay, uh, I think, uh, significant gas tax, although in Europe I know the price of gas is well exorbitant for what we pay here. Well, well also, you know, the roads you say are in good condition, but I have to wonder if they handle the uh, volume of traffic that uh, is incurred in large 
you, you know, in, in our what we call the uh, megalopolises, you know, the large cities and the surrounding suburbs and environs. Uh, do you see as many cars on the road as you would say in Manhattan? I would say in, in between the hours of eight o'clock and nine o'clock during the week, you see as many cars. Uh, the rest of the time, I did not see as many cars. I mean, we were on the highway. We went from uh, Amsterdam to the city of Rotterdam, which is a coastal area. Because my my cousin's husband, he's from the he's from the outskirts of uh, he's about an hour from Amsterdam. He was born in in a, in a, in a little little countryside, the countryside in, in Holland, and then he moved to uh, to Amsterdam, but. Uh, he was telling me that this is this is the cost. You know, if you make over two hundred thousand dollars, the government does not help you in any way. Uh, if you make even more than that, you have to pay more taxes. You pay over fifty to sixty percent of your money will go towards, uh, and they take it out of your paycheck right away. Now, now, do they have the, do they have the good way? I just wanted to ask you about the taxing. Uh, here, if you and I are working, we're paying a federal, a state, and usually a local tax, three tiers. How they're paying fifty to sixty? You said if they're making over two hundred k, but are they just doing one federal? Is it split up between their uh, province or whatever, whatever they would call it? Do you know how that works, sir? Well, well, over there, from what he was telling me, they take it out of your paycheck. They take it out of your paycheck like they do here. Then at the end of the year, he has to file. Like, for example, last year, my cousin and him, they were living in Singapore because the company that he was working for and the company she was working for, they both have offices in Singapore, so they were both transfer. So for being out of the country... They still have to pay a certain amount of uh, of, of taxes to the Understandable. to the uh, to the um, to the uh, to the, uh, to the government of the Netherlands. Yeah, the Dutch government. Yeah, the Dutch government. But what he said to me, and, and I found him to be, I found him to be uh, more liberal, progressive, because I, I was detecting, you know, and, and again, I was getting to, I met him for the first time. I'm, I'm trying to get to know him and, and learn about the different aspects of, of, of the culture of, of, of Holland and the Dutch. And he's telling me that he basically supports a party called the Social Democrats. They're very progressive. So I knew right away that he is for, you know, he's, he, he's for, you know, the expansion. You know, he, he, it doesn't bother him that there's more Muslims coming into the country. It doesn't bother him that there's more, you know, he believes in, in, in more of the open borders aspect of it, which I didn't want to argue with him at that point, you know, saying, I'm, you know, I'm staying in their house. I, I can't be, I, I can't be. Yeah, uh, I know. The European, let me tell you, I tell you, one of my sons was in school for a year, for a year at a large university. He told me he was appalled. And I don't want to call it a lack of machismo, but just a lack of red-bloodedness in the European yes. male. He, he, yes. My son was stunned 
and he couldn't believe it, uh, how they were. And, again, I've said this once before on the air. He told me the only ones that seemed normal were the Bulgarians. He said, forget about the Italians, the Germans, the French, the this, forget about them. He said, the only ones that seemed, you know, like normal guys that he hung around with was the Bulgarians. Well, my cousin's uh, husband said, you know, he works with a lot of alpha males. (laughs) You know, and and he he brought that up, uh, you know, and I'm like, uh, oh, it's interesting. But he, one of the things that he mentioned that I found really interesting, he said in, in Holland, in, in the Netherlands, they don't like people who are very, who like to brag, who, who are very, you know, he, he made a comment, Donald Trump, who, who, who are loud and, 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 you know, and he says here we are taught from very, Young to basically, we are all equals. See that you see where that 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 whole Democrat thing is coming from. He's telling me that that's the mentality. You know, we are all equal. We we we're no better. We're not better than anyone else. Or we're 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 supposed to be at. You know, if I'm the boss and you're my worker, you we are at equal level over there. That's what both both my cousin and him would tell me. It's like I can walk and tell my boss, I don't like the way you said that to me, and he can't fire you. You know, he can't. Yeah, do they have strict unemployment laws? And well, first of all, I wanted to point out to the audience that Holland is really two different countries. You know, you have the uh, Flemish South, which is more French, and the Walloon North, which is more Germanic. So uh, you have it's a country with two cultures within one, you know. And I wanted to point that out. But w- what what you're telling me, first of all, I know as an American, I believe in American exceptionalism. However, that does not mean myself, you, Ruben, or other folks in the audience are better than anyone else. It does right. mean, however, that collectively. Because of our intelligence, our strength, and our drive, yes, I believe in American exceptionalism. Do I believe that the average American citizen is better than some citizen somewhere else? Most of the time, not really. Uh, What we have going for ourselves is most of our people in our country uh, uh, have sufficient food. So we don't have those types of issues. I would think Europe has that too. But uh, that, that attitude you said your your cousin has, I think it's it's indicative, and it's why I believe. Now, so when you were in England, did you see anything about? Uh, you know, I know it's a big issue—a referendum coming up. England is, yes. Britain is thinking of departing the EU. Yeah. Well, that 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 that's, that that was that take that took second. Second position, uh, second stand before. I mean, Trump and Cameron were number one. <laughs> so even 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 the the the, the UK leaving uh, the European Union was not even the top headline. Trump and, and Cameron were. It was uh, Trump. Yeah, but I I tell you, I think Cameron was just doing that as a damn distraction because of all the problems he okay. was mired in. 
You know, these, these, these politicians are slick, whether it's slick you, Clinton or some slick uh, uh, Dutch politician. Well, that's the thing. Uh, it's also happening in, 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 uh, in Holland. The, the Dutch, are, they believe that if the, if the U.K. leaves the European Union, they're going to follow them. They're not going to stay in the European Union. I think uh, the the vote that's coming up in June, in the beginning of June, is when they're going to vote in England, in the UK. They're going to vote if they're going to stay in the European Union or they're going to leave the European Union. Depending on what happens with UK, the UK, I believe, and 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 I and I confirmed that with uh, my cousin's uh, husband. He said that they will leave the European Union. Because the European Union puts a lot of strings attached to each country, which I already knew that, but he confirmed that to me um, when he said that, yes, they, we, we have to meet a certain budget, we have to meet a certain, um, we have to meet a certain uh, uh, quota for, for, to bring in more foreigners in, even though he's okay with that, but the European Union, the majority of the, uh, a great number of, of Dutch of the Dutch people are against the influx of more people coming in because it's basically, you know, Holland is not a very big country. It's a small country, and it's just basically becoming very, very populated. Uh, and 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 wow, the, uh, wow. the cost of the cost of living is it, 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 it's you know increasing even more every day. So, uh, you know, you're, you're well, sure because you have all the who's paying for these refugees? Is it is there some do you know, is there some communal European Union treasury to, to defray the cost of these refugees or basically every country's on their own? Do you know how that works? Is they work it? Well, the European Union basically tells each country that they have to take them and they have to pay for them. By taxing taxing uh, the population, you you know, it's it's that's that's the bottom line. You 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 work there, you pay there, you live there, and you got, you have to be part of that group of people that is going to help these new foreigners make them feel at home <laughs> when they yeah, come. Yeah, but uh, these from what I'm seeing. Now, am I wrong? You tell me if I'm wrong. But it looks to me like, uh, especially the Muslim refugees from the Mideast and North Africa, I don't see an interest in them assimilating into the lands that have graciously accepted them, Um, which now I'm looking, for instance, I want to tell you, Netherlands has a little over twice the population of Switzerland. They have over 17 million people. I'm Looking at that, um, so if the country's getting crowded, wow! But then, how could I guess these refugees can't be settling in the cities since uh, well, they're so expensive? It, it most most of them are, are living out in the suburbs, just like they're doing in 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 France. In France, when we were in Paris. Uh, most of the, most of the the Middle Eastern individuals they live outside the city of Paris because the city of Paris yes, is but, very uh, but, 
do you see that does it look like these folks are assimilating or are not? Do you know? In Holland, I noticed that there was a lot of a lot of them who lived in who came into the city to work. They spoke Dutch, uh, and they spoke English. English is very very well. I mean, spoken all over the city, all over the country. Huh. I didn't have I didn't have to speak Dutch at all. I mean, you know, the, the little that I know, I, I didn't have to. I mean, wow, I, I, had wow. to practice, I had to practice, you know, just the basic stuff, uh, you know, the train, how to get to, you know, the train, the bathroom, uh, you know, these things. When I went to Switzerland, you know, they spoke German, so I, I had to practice a little, you know, I, I practiced a little of of my the little German that I that I know. I'm um, sure, baby. I'm sure you would. I I would say Danka, which is Danka Schön, which is uh, thank you. Uh, if someone would bring something, you know, a meeting. But in Holland, Mark, uh, you can you can go without speaking Dutch. Everyone speaks English. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, and I just want to point out to the listeners that of the European, when Europe went through their colonial period, um, a time that I'm very well read, I found that the Dutch were, you know, in the running for some of the nastiest SOPs in the Asian and uh, small African holdings that they pursued. Uh they predominantly had uh, what then they used to call them the uh, East Indies, which was Indonesia. That was predominantly right. Dutch. Uh, they, they they were cruel, cruel. I mean, crueler than the English, crueler than the French, crueler than the Spanish and Portuguese, who were no beauties either. Uh, right. uh, and then not not that the English and the French were angels, but they weren't as bad as these guys. But wow, so. How about uh, anything else that we haven't brought up that you think you want to well, interject about continental I Europe? Have, I have to tell you that in, in Amsterdam, um, the uh, marijuana smoking and, and legal prostitution, the red light district in Amsterdam, uh, you have all these women out there parading everything you know that they came into this world with. Um, <laughs> so you had eyes in the back of your head or what, Ruben? <laughs> well, they, you know that's one of the tourist areas they took me to. Uh, but the cafes over there, uh, the number of foreign tourists. I mean, I, you know, during this, the period between January and May in 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 Europe tends to be rainy and cold. In uh-huh. Holland, in Amsterdam, it, it looked like it was the summer. It was so packed with tourists, American tourists, European tourists, and, and and from what they're telling me, my family's telling me, they go there because you know they can smoke marijuana, they can smoke you know light up a joint right there in, in the streets, and and they cannot get arrested. Wow, it's a regular Sodom and Gomorrah over there, huh? Oh wow, yeah, it, it, it definitely. Yeah, you know, I, I I don't even know. Uh, I've heard people tell me that uh, some of the storefronts that uh, pursue the prostitution occupation, they, they have 
girls literally in the windows. You, you know, like if you go along Fifth Avenue here in Manhattan, you see mannequins selling, you know, clothes and handbags and whatnot. But the windows in, Am- in that section of Amsterdam, they're uh, selling flesh and, and the babes are right there in the yes. window. Or knowing how things are true. nowadays, guys are in the window. No, no, it's all, it's all, it's all women now. For now, for now, they're all, it's all women. But, but the let me tell you, in 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 uh, crime, crime is non-existent in in, in Holland. Um, it, it it's come to the point that they're closing, they're closing prisons in in Holland because crime is not because income inequality. This is according to my cousin's. Uh, he says, Ruben, there's no income inequality here because a CEO in the United States makes a hundred million dollars, has a yacht, has mansions, has uh, here the top CEO working for a company like ING, which is a Dutch company. Mm-hmm. the most he can make is one point five million dollars. That's the most. And that's dictated by the state? Yes. Yes. Okay, well, uh, you know, again, I'm not earning $100 million. Uh, I don't have mansions and yachts, but uh, I still don't want the government uh, interfering exactly. with the private salary structure because, yes. face it, folks, government can't find their ass with both hands and a flashlight, Okay. So uh, I don't want that. I want them to have as little to do with, with you. life in general because they're incompetent. Thank you. They're incompetent. They're corrupt. And I can't think of, aside from the military, I can't think of one thing that the government does well. It does and does well for the benefit of all the people. I can't think of one. If you can, Ruben, enlighten me, but I don't. I mean, take look at what's going on at the VA, for instance. What a sin. Oh, by the way, I want to ask you, did you see Trump's press conference this morning? Oh, no, no I, haven't, I haven't seen any. Uh, oh, you, any. he really laid into these people. And then I, I tell you, here's the things that irk me. You're listening to all the pundits, or I'm listening to all over the place, and they're all deriding Trump. How come he's getting so upset just because people were asking him where the money went? When that was BS, because all over the news, all over Facebook, all over newspapers, it, they just weren't asking politely, Mr. Trump, where did the money go, how much has been let out. They were accusing him of fraud, of cheating, of being a liar. So Trump got ticked off. He had this press conference. He, he personally went through the list of the veterans' orgs that received a total of $5.6 million, and he really hammered the press today. I think it was it was a really good day for America and a really good day for Mr. Trump. He even one of the reporters was busting his shoes, and he even came out and says, "Look, you're a sleaze bag. You know the truth, and you don't report it. You're a sleaze bag." <laughs> so <laughs> Donald is still being Donald, and I, that's why we 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 love him. You know, he's not one of these fast talking, script written. 
phony Washington, D.C. sellouts, whether Democrat or Republican, uh, you know, because right. we all are bipartisan show folks. Ruben's a Republican. I'm a Democrat. But please, <laughs> you know, I've, I've had arguments with people on Facebook. I'm a Democrat. I am 180 degrees different from this cabal of crooks that the Democrats have put into power in D.C., you know, in the federal branch and the uh, pursuant weaponization of all the federal agencies. I'm a million miles away from that. I'm just like a classic Democrat. These guys, I don't know what the hell they are. They're Marxist freaking Democrats. And this country better wake up to that fact. Anyway, I'm, I'm sorry, Ruben. But we, you know, well, no, no, but no. we just can't pass up an opportunity to kick these crooks in the ass, for God's sakes. Well, I, I wanted to tell you something else that I, I just came back to mind. In Switzerland, they just passed, passed a law where basically uh, if you're one of these uh, Muslim uh, women that wants to cover her face, you will be fined 9,000 Swiss francs. So you cannot cover your face, like in public. In, in public. In public. In public. Well, you know, Switzerland also, folks. That's a country that has mandatory conscription. So all these men, and probably the women now, you see walking around Switzerland, have all done a stint in their armed forces. Switzerland also, am I right, has a very high uh, gun rate. You know, gun ownership rate. Yeah, probably more so even than here. Again, because they're all everyone's been in the armed forces. Everyone's been taught how to shoot a rifle. You don't. You don't. You can walk around the city of Basel at two in the morning, three in the morning, and you, you feel safe. You feel safe. Uh, you don't have to be. And I hardly saw police. I saw. I, I'm telling you. I, I I think I saw a police car once or twice. And that was because we had the people from Liverpool, England, who, who were drunk 90% of the time. And then we had the people from Sevilla, Spain, because they were playing in the European Cup. And they were basically uh, drunk. And I think that that's the only time I saw the police. After they left, I didn't see the police at all. <laughs> huh. well, I know. especially Now, the township I, I live in... Uh, has a very high police presence, Middletown Township. You know, it, it, it's, yeah. one, it's known, it, it's one of these townships where you, you have to be on your, your P's and Q's because they right. will nail you. You know, they also, you know, having raised five children in this town, I love this town, but I have to admit they do youth profile. You know, if you're a young person driving around, you're, you're going to get pulled over, you know, at least once a week. You know, uh, I've counted that with all my children and their friends. Uh, so that's a startling difference. But then again, it's a small population. It's predominantly, uh, you know, I don't know if I could say homogeneous because being in the heart of Europe, there must be many different nationalities in Switzerland. How do they... Um, what kind of visa did, did you get to travel to all these countries? Did you get, like, an EU visa? Did you have to get a specific Swiss or Dutch one? How did that work, buddy? Oh, uh, you know, one of the great things about being an American is that American passport is 
you can get you can go anywhere in the world. And during the time that I was there, it was when 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 that um, that plane from uh, from Paris, yeah, went down in the Mediterranean, well, the Egyptian. I'll tell you something. I'll tell you something. The security in in the airports that I traveled, and I traveled through three airports. They were so freaking afraid. I can see it in their face. The people who, who like TSA, Homeland Security, they were checking everyone. But for some reason, the American passport, I just went right through. Now, I did, I did have, I did have, uh, I do have security clearance because I, I did work for um, some, some, uh, from Hewlett Packard when I did some, some uh, special work for them. Um, so I do have, I still have security clearance, uh, when I go through airports, but I just found that really, really, I mean, that they, they were checking everyone, practically everyone. Uh, and, um, uh, you can see the people were very nervous. I, I, I don't know if I can live in, in Europe, uh, with the, the current situation. Uh, there, there seems to be a lot of, um, individuals, Especially working in the airport, that they feel like they they don't have control of the situation. They're totally they can't control what's going on. These, wow, these guys, that's scary. Yeah, it, it is. It is scary. I found it. I found it really scary that, that traveling throughout Europe was a different experience this time compared to those other times when I went with my family. Um, How many years ago was that, Ruben? Uh, the last time we were in Madrid in Spain was in 2011. Uh, oh, so not that long ago. She's talking like five years, so it's changed that much, yeah. Huh? Yeah, it's changed. I mean, you can see that there, there, there's a lot of panic. Uh, there, there seems because again, there's so many people. When you have the EU passport, you can go from one country to another. Uh, this guy, right. I was talking. He's from 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 India. He when he came from India, uh, he's a programmer. He went to London and he went to England. Then from there he went to Italy, and then from Italy, then he got a job. Now he lives in Switzerland. So you can move around very easily once you get the Europe. Europe you become part of the European. Um, you get a European passport. Right, right, right. You know. At first, when this whole European Union thing was coming on, I was in favor of it. But, however, now, looking back with what Trump has exposed and the people Trump has exposed, I mean, right. I look at it this way. A pope was pushed aside to get some climate change Marxist sock puppet Satan pope yes. idiot in his place. Here in yes. the United States, we have uh, old jackass. Uh, and his anti-American crap. Then, I, you know, I'm thinking the same people that I'm sure got this Pope put in, the same people that uh, nameless, faceless, backing old jackass, are the same people probably pulling the strings in the EU. And yeah. I would think that Britain threatening to leave the EU. Uh, we have Donald Trump in in America. I'm hope uh, these New World Order robber baron criminal frigs uh, are, are in for a bad stretch, Ruben. 
Yeah, hopefully well, they're in Don- for a bad stretch. Donald, Donald, Donald is having an influence on some new UK leaders. Uh, this, this guy named David Hannon in in England and and uh, a Dutch populist called Gerton. I may pronounce his last name, Gerton Wilder. He basically is talking the same way. He's following in the footsteps of Donald Trump. So you, you, you know, what Donald has done, and, and as much as I disagree with him, and, but what he has done, he has really started to change in other, uh, the, the mentality in other countries, especially in Europe, with certain individuals. Now, from the minority party. Now, these guys that I'm mentioning are not from the major party. But these are guys yeah, that but are, they're, are they're, good. they're getting there though. The the Austrian far right yeah. guy lost by a hair exactly recently. Exactly. These two these individuals in, in the UK and in, in Holland, uh in the Netherlands are going to uh, are going to start gaining more and more popularity because people are beginning to see that hey, look at what's happening in the US. He's getting the attention of millions and millions we got to follow him. Now, it's an uphill battle in those countries because those parties that they represent don't really have major, major, uh, a major, uh, uh, major, they can't, they, they don't have the, the, the base, the powerful base, like, like Donald Right, has. oh, I see, yeah, but, uh, you, you know, well, the thing is, it looks like Donald is uh, tearing aside the curtain of a politically correct claptrap. Uh, and, and something I've noticed, too, uh, many of the Central Europeans, like Overmore on the eastern yep. side, Hungary, the Slovaks, yes. they're becoming yep. very anti-immigrant over there. And also, you know, I'm a bit surprised at the Dutch, because tell me if I'm wrong, a few years ago, wasn't there a, a Dutch cartoonist making fun of Muslims and they killed him in the in the Holland. Yes. Didn't something like yes. that happen yes. a few years ago? Well, the guy that the guy that I just mentioned to you, this guy has death threats, and and, and because he's a populist, he, you know, he, he he's against he, he he's against the influx of all these uh, migrants coming here, coming to 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 Holland. So, uh, yeah, well, yeah. sure, he's standing up. He's not following in line with the wussification exactly. of the male yes. species. You know what, Ruben, we only got a minute left. Uh, I just wanted to say we are students for a better future. Uh, this is Ruben Torres was talking with me, Mark Falzon. Our leader is Her Highness Doreen Finkel, a <laughs> yeah. terrific, terrific lady. Um, yes. uh, we do accept donations at our website. We are a 501c3. We are a legitimate outfit. Uh, yes, we rolled on the floors with the IRS to eventually get that um, because we were one of the groups, uh, our original founding group, was one of the groups targeted and harassed by the IRS. Uh, I know several others in Jersey. And if, by the way, folks, it's still going on. Our marvelous press is doing their terrific duty, reporting on the dictatorial aspects of the old jackass junta and regime. And on that note, Ruben says good night. <laughs> I say good night. Dory says good night. Good night. <laughs> good night.